This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be, depending on where you happen to be in this lovely country. Uh, I'm here in Southern California in Los Angeles where it is uh, just after nine. It is magnificent outside. Um, I'm heading today to Vegas, Las Vegas for the Western Veteranite Conference and um, I will be doing some media over there and uh, it's a great conference. Just having come back from the VMX, formerly the North American Veteranite Conference, like three weeks ago you have the two of the largest veteranite conferences in the world practically back-to-back. It's insane. For a regular guy, a veterinarian, no traveling, that's no big deal. Can you imagine these exhibitors that have these tremendous booths and they have to ship them? Literally, you have like three weeks or four weeks to get, you know, January to February. It's insane. So anyway, but it is a great conference. Vegas, it's got, it's it's good and bad. I'm not a gambler, so I'm not too excited about that. Anyway, welcome to our weekly live call-in show. Those, those words are like important, live and call-in. That means we want to hear from you. So I'm going to give you a number to call us in. It's 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you're here with Dr. Jeff. While you are getting the courage to pick up the phone and make a phone call, as you know, if you follow me here, on the show that I like to go through the kind of the veterinary news using AHA Newsstat, the American Animal Hospital Association, and the AVMA Smart Brief. That's the American Veterinary Medical Association. Those are our two big associations. And um, they each have their kind of weekly news. So um, these are some stories from around the globe that I want to share. First of all, if you're in Jacksonville, Florida, or anywhere in that area, beware of monkeys roaming around. Interestingly, some feral, wild rhesus monkeys have broken loose from the Silver Spring State Park, which is where they are usually hanging out, and they're being spotted in neighborhoods. But the problem is they carry herpes B virus, and that could be fatal to people. So um, you want to be really careful of rhesus monkeys. I mean, yeah, they're cute. And if you see one, you might want to, I don't know, feed it, give it something. No, don't do it. Leave them alone. Report it because uh, many of them are carrying a very, very potentially deadly virus to people. So uh, you want to admire them, admire them from afar, take a picture, and then you look at it, you blow up the picture, you can see them nice up and close and personal, but you don't want to touch them and mess with them. This is a pretty cool story, that a dog's sense of smell we know is just amazing. It's about 50 times ours. Um, we have olfactory receptors. We have around 5 million. It's a lot. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Guess what? Dogs have 200, 250 million. So they are able to pick up anything. So anyway, they are some, they're training some dogs that can detect a bacteria that causes, it's a weird disease called the citrus greening disease in soil. So what it does, it usually detect it. By the time we detect it, the damage has already been done. And it takes weeks to years before it's evident in the leaves and the roots of the soil. So you just have no idea. Well, dogs can pick it up so much faster by sniffing the soil. So if they are, are detecting the citrus greening disease, they can treat the soil, fix the soil, and it won't affect the crops. So that's also pretty amazing use of those dog noses, which are unreal. This was a, a cute story, funny story at the same time. So there's a, a beer can 
And uh, believe it or not, a beer can leads to a, a happy reunion of a dog with its owner. Now, that's great. How would you think a beer can could do that? Well, here's how it works. There's a shelter dog that was in. I'm just trying to look at the shelter here. It was a shelter dog whose picture appeared on a, there was a beer, a local beer called Motorworks Brewery. So what they were doing is to highlight and work with the local shelter, they were taking pictures of shelter dogs and plastering them on their beer cans. Turns out that a Minnesota woman saw a picture of her dog on a beer can that was coming out from this Motorworks Brewery. And she, she saw it on social media and she goes, wait a second, that's my dog. So what happened was um, the dog was, she was moving from Florida to Minnesota and the dog got out and was lost during the move, just before the move, whatever it was, she had to move. And she figured, okay, look, my dog has a microchip, but she never updated the microchip information to her new home in Minnesota. So there she is. She is looking on social media and sees a beer can with her dog on it. P.S. They were reunited. She called the shelter and she got her dog back. But that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, also, this is uh, interesting that uh, kind of unexpected, but you know, there are certain conservation programs on the surface. You say that's great. So the problem is, is that there's taxes generated money for from the hunting permits, from the licenses, from the equipment that they buy. All right. And those actually go to programs to help these animals that are being hunted. Well, guess what? Because people are becoming more responsible, which is great. And now there's less tax money generated for these reasons, for the equipment and the licenses and the gear and all that stuff they buy. So therefore, state programs that are using those funds to protect these endangered species, right? And they're delaying the construction projects to help these animals in uh, these reserves. So anyway, that's not a good thing. So they're going to have to come up with some better way or newer way to accomplish what they're trying to do, stop the unnecessary hunting, help these endangered species, give them shelter and, 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 and places where they can house these animals, rehabilitate them, get them back out there in the wild, breeding programs, and they need money. And the money was coming from the hunting. So uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, if you, if you think about it for a second. So um, this was a nice story. New York is jumping on the bandwagon to restrict the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits from pet stores. It's happening. There's another, I think I have another story coming up about this. And um, uh, this also from behaviorists, and especially with young dogs. When you have young dogs, you say, you know what? We need to socialize. So how should we socialize? I know. Let's take them to a dog park. Let's take them to someplace where there are a lot of dogs, an overwhelming number of dogs. And some, some of them are not so well socialized. Some of them are very aggressive. And I'm going to take my new little pup there and see so he can get socialized. We call that flooding. Flooding is not a good technique for behavior modification. That is where you bombard them with a stimulus that they often find fearful. Hopefully, hopefully they come out of it unscathed. And you see, it's like you could say to the dog, okay, you see. It wasn't so bad after all. Well, guess what? They're miserable and they are freaking out and they are scared. You know what, Liz? So it's very important that it's not a good idea. Ideally, you want to build confidence in these dogs. It has to be done slowly through positive reinforcement, positive exposures. So um, not by being frightened and you shove them into these places where there's a lot of aggressive noise. There's a lot of rough play. It's just not the way to do it. If you know that you see your dog is already frightened of large dogs. So what you do is you first start with dogs his size 
and make it fun. And then you expose him to, if you see some other dogs that are really well-behaved, that are a little bit larger, be like small to medium size, and you get used to those. And then you go to a medium size, and then a medium large size, and then finally a large size. This could take weeks and weeks, and, and it's not easy, but that's the way you desensitize a dog who is fearful or who is aggressive, or whatever the case may be with other dogs. You don't take them to a dog park where they're just going to be overloaded, and that's dangerous. Uh, next up, ah, here's the other store I was thinking about. Uh, Naperville, Illinois, they're going to ban the sale of dogs and cats coming from commercial breeders. Commercial breeders is another way of saying puppy mill. So just so you know, they're not going to use the only puppies and kittens and bunnies they're going to sell are coming from rescue groups or shelters. And um, a short story, I, I admit it that years and years ago, 20, 30 years ago, I was working with pet shops in town. I did not like the way the animals were being treated or handled. I did not like the way they weren't being medicated when necessary. So, and I was trying to build a practice. So I thought, you know what? I'll be a nice guy. I'm going to go in and I'm going to offer my time, no charge. And I'm going to check these animals once a week when they come in. Animals that need medication need to be on medication. I'm going to charge, medicate them, and the pet store will only pay my cost right off of invoice. In other words, the bottom line is I don't make a dime on this. I'm just trying to help the animals and make sure they do well. Because as you know, the stories are terrible about, about the puppy mill animals. But I'm not that nice a guy. There was one little glitch. And that was the only connection to this was that when they sold the dog in order to for the guarantee, which they offered all the only stores I would work with if they offered a money back guarantee or a, re a replacement was that they have to come. The new owner had to come to me for a first free exam. So I'm adding one more freebie in there. But since I'm trying to build a practice and I'm trying to get people in the door, this was a way that and if they already had a vet, no problem. The exam was free. All I had to do was look at the dog and examine it and sign the paper. So guess what? A lot of people that get these dogs, this is, you know, again, years and years and years ago, this was a, a great way for them to get new dogs, was that they didn't have a vet. Many of them, I'd say, I, would, I ended up keeping probably 75% of those new puppy kitten owners that came into my office. So it was a great way to build a practice. I definitely built my practice at the beginning by that, and then it became word of mouth and things like that. But the truth matter is, I felt good about it. Was I sort of sleeping with the enemy? I guess so. But I have to tell you, these were very healthy animals after I got a hold of them. And they, many of them lived nice, long, happy lives. But again, we were supporting a very bad industry. And unfortunately, there weren't a lot of Jeff Werbers out there doing what I was doing to help those animals on any other local level once they left the puppy mill. So I became a very strong advocate now of no more puppy mills. So I went to one of the biggest pet stores in town that I was working with, and I said, guys, I have the best plan. I said, why don't we no more puppy mills? Let's get them from shelters. We get them out. We vaccinate them. We clean them up. We neuter, spay, neuter, whatever the case may be. And then you can sell them. Obviously, you're not going to be able to sell them for the same amount you were selling these purebred dogs, but guess what? You don't have to because they're costing you nothing. I would make a deal with the shelters that we would be able to adopt them for free. And I had two shelters that were willing to do that. Rescue groups are willing to do that. And it was so you don't make as much, but you're at least selling dogs that otherwise would have been put to sleep. We're not promoting the puppy mill industry. And guess what? This stupid pet store said, no, we're not going to do that. The outpouring of opposition and people picketing outside the mall was so great that the mall didn't renew their lease. And they were out and they were out of business. So I think that uh, what they're doing in Naperville is really a great idea. And then real one quick before we go on to some questions and take a break. 
Two infant black bears were left on a man's doorstep in Camden County, North Carolina. Why? How? Who knows? But uh, can you imagine opening your door, especially nowadays? There's so many packages at your door. You're getting them from the, US, you know, from the post office. You're getting them from Amazon Prime. You're getting them from Gilt. Whatever the case may be. Can you imagine opening your door one morning, uh, seeing these packages on your doorstep? You look down, you have two baby black bears. Surprise! So anyway, but they're now at the North Carolina Zoo being well taken care of. And don't go away. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions. We'll be right back. My dog, Mojo, was half beagle and half coonhound. He ate everything in sight. He would swallow things whole, including a chicken carcass, a bird nest with a bird in it, and assorted stones and sticks. We had to take him to the veterinary emergency room. After surgery, Mojo had skin issues. He was constantly itching and scratching, chewing on his feet, and chewing the hair right off of his legs, being irritated, lethargic, and just not the same dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. For the next, uh, oh, maybe 10 minutes, uh, just to go over some questions. Unless you have questions, 877-385-8882. Go ahead and just call me. It would be great. That's the best way to do it, 877-385-8882. And um, so I get a lot of questions. I do my AMAs. I hope you are listening to me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Dr. Jeff Werber. Facebook is at just plain old Dr. Jeff Werber. And um, we want to hear from you. So, and also, you can always get a hold of me if you have really questions. If you haven't downloaded AirVet yet, that you are really, really just missing out. You're missing out on a really great app, 24/7 doctor availability. And if your doctor, if your own doctor is registered, then you will get a hold of him or her or one of their associates if they're available. And if not, it will go to the AirVet space. And you will get a doctor. I get calls from people all over the country. They love it. I will tell you that, you know what? I, I heard an interesting statistic that millennials, 34% of millennials surveyed say that they would actually leave a doctor that does not offer telemedicine services and go to one that does. So um, if you want answers fast, if you want to talk to somebody, if you don't want to run to an emergency only to find out that you just spent $1,000 and it wasn't even an emergency, could have waited till tomorrow morning, then don't download AirVet. But if you want to save money, to have access, not have to get into the car, get many of your questions answered without having to travel to the vet, then you want to download AirVet. So this was interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm going to share some of these questions that are really great. So one um, caller wants to says, I give my 13-year-old pug hard-boiled eggs and banana a few times a week and his food. Is that okay? The answer is yes. If he likes it, it's okay. 
light poodles, apricot poodles, or spaniels, you see that eye discharge coming in from the corners of the eyes. But a lot of dogs do it. Could be anything from just normal. It could be a plugged tear duct if it's if it never happened before and now it's happening. It could be conjunctivitis if it's a it's a greenish yellowish discharge, mucusy, gooey. Um, if the eyes, if the whites of the eyes are a little bit more uh, inflamed than than uh, normal. Uh, you, you could see what we call scleral injection, then that means that uh, might be a problem. So um, these are all things that might be contributing to that. See a veterinarian because there are so many different, de- depending on what the problem is. If it's plugged tear duct, the tear duct should be flushed. If it's just an allergy, you treat the allergy. If it's an infection, conjunctivitis, you treat the conjunctivitis. Let's say the, the eye is irritated because of a corneal, what we call keratitis. Well, these are things that you need to have examined. So it's one thing you can wipe it ways if it's just tear staining. There are some things as well. You can get some over-the-counter products that'll be helpful. But uh, again, you want to uh, see your veterinarian because that's important. So this, I'm going to do this one with another question. They're very similar. Uh, this is the tip of a puppy's ear was cut. We finally stopped the bleeding. Are a vet and antibiotics necessary? So again, and the other related question I had was about dog bites. When you get a dog bite, when do you panic? When do you get in the car and rush to the emergency, of course, if you didn't call air vet, but it's if there's a wide gate of bleeding that you can't stop, get them to the emergency, whatever the case may be. Now, how about if it's a puncture? Well, puncture wounds or a small wound that you can stop the bleeding, the bleeding is stopped, depending on what the source of it was, if it was a very dirty object, then you want to clean it. Well, either way, you should clean it well with soap and water. Do not use alcohol. Do not use alcohol. Do not use alcohol on any open wound or irritated skin Rubbing alcohol is very, very caustic to them. And you just don't want to use it. It dries the skin terribly. It's painful. You're not doing this any good. The only time alcohol is good is a really thorough, thorough cleaning agent is like when you're prepping an animal for surgery, then you can use alcohol. As far as peroxide, it's still being used. I, I will tell you that it is kind of fallen out of favor. There's studies that it doesn't hurt, but it's not really helping. Dogs don't like it. Sometimes it stings. The fizz is, it just, it's unnecessary. You want to clean a wound well, get a good antibacterial soap, shampoo, Fisohex, chlorhexidine, sometimes just a good, uh, any kind of uh, an ivory, anything that promotes it being 99% bacterial, you know, cidal. That'll be fine. So those are the kinds of things you want to clean it with. Then if the bleeding is stopped and it's a puncture, you can just leave it alone. Keep it clean. Maybe rub a little neosporin on it, a triple antibiotic, mupercin cream. There are so many things you can do that are, uh, again, a vaccine that are safe, that are effective, will keep it clean. I would say when it comes to dog bites or a clean cut that's not super deep, it's not a big flap, you can control the bleeding, not necessarily. I mean, think about it. When you cut yourself, you're in the kitchen, you cut yourself up. You often run to the doctor and get stitches. You deal with it. So it's the same thing with our pets. Now, Let's talk cat bites. Cat bites, now we're talking. So cat mouths are really dirty, dirtier than dog mouths. And even though probably they say that human mouths are probably dirtier than dog mouths as well, but whether it's dirty, they're, they're both are loaded with bacteria, 100%, just millions of different organisms. And But the difference is the nature of the bite. Typically, if you ever see it, and they say this, that when a, when a person bites another person bad, because of the teeth are all in line, you get like five or six with dogs, Typically, depending on the bite, you'll only get the four puncture wounds, and they're not flat. They're like a pin sticking in. So it's really not as bad. Cat mouths, however, they're bad. So um, I recommend that if you are badly bitten by a cat, it's deep. Even if you can stop the bleeding, even if it's a puncture, I would recommend seeing a doctor 
only because most likely they're going to want to put you on antibiotics. Being bitten by a cat, especially an outdoor cat, like a, a wild cat, it's kind of like being poked by a rusty nail. You got to worry about things like, I'm not saying it's not going to be tetanus, but there are other more aggressive diseases they can be carrying in their mouths. And I think it's important to uh, see a doc. I mean, I've, I've had people, you know, who've bitten by a cat. They don't think twice. They wash their hands. They come in two days later and their hand is like twice the size. So cat bites are much more potentially aggressive. I'm not saying they all are. And I have been bitten by cats a number of times. I've not done anything about it except wash my hands and put a little cream on it. But it, it depends on the, the depth and the nature of the bite. And uh, I would just be extremely, extremely cautious when it comes to that. Then there was another one is uh, flax seeds, toasted flax seeds. Are they okay? So this person read somewhere that if they're toasted, they lose their effect, their positive effect. That's not true. They're a good source of fatty acids and they're a good source of fiber. And my recommendation is if you wanted to add flax or flax seeds or flaxseed oil, just remember the flaxseed oil is much more potent because it is it's more condensed so you all good just if you give too much of the oil then you might end up having a dog without wicked wicked cases of diarrhea but as far as the omega-3s and the and the the, uh, the fatty acids the healthy fatty acids added fiber i think flax seeds are a good source so you want to that's something you should also consider but as far as dosing you know, when it comes to these natural things, there's really, it's so hard to say because there's not enough science to have done the studies. For example, I take glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM every day. I take 1,500 milligrams. Is that too much? I don't know. Is it too little? It's probably not too little. It may be more than I need. I think maybe 500 may be all I need. And maybe I don't need anything. But the whole idea is, for whatever the reason, I feel so good that I'm afraid to stop my regimen because if I was wrong and they are helping more than I thought they might be, then now what? I, I just screwed myself. I, I was feeling great. I'm running with, you know, playing basketball, running around. And then all of a sudden I stopped taking my morning regimen and, and now I'm starting to get to feel the pains. So um, that's why uh, it's something that we want to, because there's no answer, it's important to uh, just do what's reasonable. Uh, and this is what I tell people when it comes to something else. We know that, you know, there's a disease called scurvy. It was a vitamin C deficiency. It was obviously, they found it, I think, in sailors, whatever it was. But, and we did, it was determined that scurvy is linked to vitamin C, okay? So let's say, just for, just for argument's sake, you need at least 250 milligrams of vitamin C for a second. Vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin, which means it's really hard to overdose vitamin C. I mean, I'm sure you could, but we're talking, you'd have to take a ton to have a problem because whatever the body is not using, which may be hardly any of it, it's out in the urine. So it's not the water soluble, the, the B and C, you know, A, D, E, and K are the fat solubles. B's and C's are water solubles. So if I asked you, if you have a, a vitamin C, harmless, if you take too much, 250 is the, it's the minimum you want to take. Would you want to just stick to 250? Or since there's no downside taking more, would you want to say, you know what? I want to be extra careful. Everybody is different. Maybe for my body, 300 was, the, was the, the limit, the minimum. So you know what? I'm going to take 500. And that's how I feel. So what you want to do with your dogs, I often guard against anthropomorphizing, which is we put our values into our pets. That's what happened with grain-free. Grain-free, what a disaster that turned out to be. 
Dogs cannot be grain-free. They shouldn't be grain-free. Now, maybe some of the foods have way more than they need, up to 45, 50, 60% of carbohydrates. Yeah, that's a little too much maybe. But I mean, in the wild, they even had carbs and, and they ate the grains, but they're not all meat eaters. Cats are obligate carnivores. They love the meat. They eat the meat. But dogs also got some grains in their diets. And I read somewhere 14 to 15% of carbs. But we've noticed a problem in all these grain-free diets to heart disease, cardiomyopathy, a disease that cats get when they don't get enough taurine. So why? And the truth is we don't know exactly the mechanism, what took place in the grain-free diets. Was it the substitution of legumes? What type of legumes? Did they have enough of cysteine and methionine, which are the building blocks of taurine, which dogs used to do make their own? Dogs didn't eat taurine added because they made their own. All of a sudden with grain-free, we're getting this disease. So don't anthropomorphize too much. But it's okay to say on some cases that if you want to take something for whatever reason, you think it's going to help your dog, you feel good. If you ever got acupuncture before, right, and you liked acupuncture, it made you feel good. And then you have a doctor that says, you know what, with that limping and, and the pain and the arthritis, you know, why don't we try acupuncture? You're going to save cat. Yeah, of course, it worked on me. So it's the same thing with dogs. But don't be crazy. Do your homework. Do your research. And uh, make sure you keep them safe. So anyway, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. You want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on any of the social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, follow me, whether it's um, my Facebook, Twitter, you want to tweet me, tweet me. Um, and of course, you can always get me on Air Vet. And we will, um, I'm heading off today for Western Vet Conference. We'll be here next Sunday, same bat time, same bat channel. See you then. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.